I've had a wonderful time with Dylan already. We've been spending a little bit of time. We had lunch together today, and it was just great catching up with him. And, you know, he came last year with, with Will Hart and with Andrew from, from Iris Global, and we, we just had such a great connection, and I was really excited to bring him here. When Naomi and I were praying about who to bring to the conference, we, we really felt led to invite him. So thank you so much for coming, Dylan. Amen. Dylan will be ministering tomorrow morning, so, um, and also probably tomorrow night as well, so come out for that, and um, yeah, amen. The message I have this evening is, is entitled, The Urgency of the Hour, The Urgency of the Hour, and I want to start by going to 1 John 5, verse 14, 1 John 5, 14. This is really unusual for me because this is not the normal type of message I would preach at a Holy Spirit fire conference. But I've prepared you guys. We did a whole series on the fire of God. So you better be ready, amen, for what God wants to do this weekend. But I feel really in my heart that the Lord is really wanting to speak to us, to stir our hearts, to line up with what He wants to do on the planet right now. So 1 John 5, 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. How many of you know that's great news? So we know that if we ask anything according to His will, He's going to hear us. He's going to hear us when we ask anything that is His plans, His designs, His intentions. You know, the Bible says, you know, I know the thoughts I, I think towards you, says the Lord. His thoughts, His intentions, His plans for you and I, we know they're good plans. That there is, there is a will that He has for us, a desire that He has for us to bless us, to prosper us. Can you guys say amen? There's no doubt that this is how God is. He's, if we line ourselves up with His will, His intentions, and His plans, He will answer us. He will hear, he will hear us and He will answer us. Now watch this. In verse 15 it says, And if we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that, that we have asked of Him. We know that we have the petition that we've asked of Him. So if we come to God and we pray something, if we ask Him something according to His will, we can know that that petition, He's going to hear us and He's going to answer us. So we, we, need to, we need to line up our asking according to His will. If you want to see the Lord move powerfully in your life, you, we need to try and get our thoughts to line up with His thoughts. We need to line up our prayers with His prayers. If we can ask what He wants to do, what He wants to say, what His plans and intentions are, how many of you believe that we will see the hand of the Lord move powerfully in our lives? The Bible teaches us that if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then everything we need will be added unto us. All these things will be added unto us. The, the wonderful thing about that scripture is it really speaks, that speaks of even material things. So God will even give you what you need, but you first have to seek Him. You have to seek the kingdom. You have to seek His will. When Jesus taught His disciples to pray, He said this to them in Matthew 6. Let's just read the first two parts of this, the first two verses. He says this, in this manner, Matthew 6 verse 9, if you, if you need a reference. Matthew 6 verse 9. He says, in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's powerful. We could spend a whole lot of time right there. But for the sake of the sermon, look at the next part in verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread. The order is perfect. The order is, 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 is actually outstanding because he says your kingdom comes. So you, Lord, your kingdom. I seek first the kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your intentions, your plans, your designs, your power, let it come. He says your will be done. So when we pray the will of God, we can expect to see him move. When we pray the kingdom of God, when we pray the will of God in our lives, we can expect to receive. Give us this day our daily bread. How? According to your will, Lord. So your will be done. I'm going to pray, Lord, according to your will. I need to pray what your design is. I need to pray what your plans are. If I can get my thinking, which unfortunately is often stinking thinking, to line up with the mind of God and the plans of God, I can expect to receive everything I need, including my daily bread. Amen. So with this in mind, I want to just reference a story in Scripture that is so powerful. It's one thing to ask God, but it's another thing to pray and intercede according to the plans and the purposes of God. So many of us want to know where are we in God's timeline? What is God saying right now concerning the earth? And what is our role concerning the earth right now? Is Jesus coming on, you know, February 14th, 2025? Or is he coming at the end of this year? Whoever said yes, I'll pray for you. Amen. <laughs> but we still love you with the love of the Lord. Okay. <laughs> There's an incredible example of an individual in Scripture that made a decision to pray the will of God, to pray the word of God concerning the time that they were in. And God answers in the most profound way. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but in order for me to explain to you what I truly believe God is wanting to say to the church right now, the hour that we're in, the urgency of the hour that we're in, we have to know the mind of God for now. What is He wanting us to do on the earth right now? What is your role and my role, other than praying for a nice wedding and a nice car and a nice house and for him to take care of us and all that. And he does care about our stuff. But the agenda is far greater than our agenda. There is a war taking place and we need to know about it. In the book of Daniel, it's very clear that Daniel was aware that God had spoken about certain things when the Israelites were captive in Babylon. And, and Jeremiah the prophet had written about what was gonna take place. And he prophesied that they would only be in captivity for 70 years. So Daniel goes and searches the scriptures. What is Daniel doing? He's trying to get into the mind of God concerning, Lord, what have you spoken? What have you said about, about the children of Israel? What have you spoken about their captivity? And what can I do to make a difference? So let's go to Daniel 9, verse number one, real quick. We'll just touch on this quickly. And then we'll move forward with what I believe God is wanting to say to us this morning, this evening. It's morning somewhere. <clears throat> Daniel 9, verse number one. In the first year of Darius, the son of Azuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, watch this now, understood, everybody say understood. I understood by the book of the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. So he had studied the book of Jeremiah. He had seeked the scriptures. He understood what Jeremiah's words meant. Now watch. 
that he would accomplish that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Now watch this. This is the key, guys. So he reads the scriptures. He reads the prophetic scriptures about what God is going to do with the children of Israel. Then in verse 3, he says, Then I set my face towards the Lord to make request by prayer and supplication, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. In other words, Daniel did exactly what I read to you in the book of 1 John. He decided that it was time for him to pray and to ask according to the will of God. The children of Israel were in captivity and nothing was happening, nothing was changing. So he went into the Word and he said, Lord, what do you say about what's taking place right now? When the children of Israel are, are, are in bondage, they're not serving you the way they used to. They backslid and their state is bad. But Lord, what do you say? And so he goes and looks at the will of God for the children of Israel. And he begins to cry out to God. And the Bible teaches us that God answers, but even as Daniel begins to seek the Lord concerning this thing, it's so powerful, guys, because as he begins to pray, we are given a glimpse of the spirit realm. And we see in the spirit realm that there are demonic forces opposing God's word. You don't realize the power that you have at your exposure. You do not realize the authority that you've been given as a believer, as God's, as God's authority, as, his, as almost like, like He has set you up on the earth. The church has been set up to act on His behalf. We are His body. We are His, we are his people. He has spoken and He is waiting for somebody to take His Word and begin to speak His Word. The dry bones of Ezekiel would never have risen unless the prophet said, Lord, what do you say? What do you say, Lord, concerning this situation? And then he said, Son of man, begin to prophesy. Begin to speak to the dry bones. You have to speak what God says concerning a situation. So we see Daniel begin to pray these prayers and, and, and there's an angel, that, an angelic warfare that takes place and, and we see how how, how, how the, the angel finally arrives after Daniel sets his heart to seek the Lord for 21 days, which some of you have been doing. But I want you to see something powerful because Daniel doesn't complain, and I'm not criticizing you for praying prayers for yourself. We must, because God loves us personally and individually. Excuse me. But Daniel's intentions and his prayer was absolutely the will of God. Lord, I'm seeking the scriptures. I'm looking at your word, God. What do you say about this time that we're living in? What does your word say, Lord? What, what do I need to do? What do I need to ask right now? The church doesn't know what to ask for. We don't know what to pray anymore. So we pray things that have no power because they may not necessarily be according to the will of God. So like, for example, don't get mad. The last election, everybody said Trump was going to be president. Oh, it's quiet in Vera Beach this evening. I'm not a Trump hater. I'm not, a, I'm not that's not, you know, Trump is great. Amen. Okay, let's keep going. Some, okay. The, 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 I'm already in trouble, Dylan. Didn't take long. <clears throat> but we thought, many thought, hey, this is the guy. He's the chosen one. He's the anointed one. But God's intentions were different. So how were you praying at that time? Were you asking for His will or were you asking for the president you thought would be president? 
not realizing that you could easily be praying against the will of God. I know many, many prophetic people will argue with me now, but he didn't become president. Well, you know, it's the demonic forces and blah, blah, blah. Maybe, but maybe not. So what will cause God to answer our prayers when we ask according to His will? So what do you say, Lord? Just like Daniel began to pray. And, and the interesting thing is when Daniel began to pray on his 21-day fast, the Bible says that when the angel came to him, he said to him, from the first day that you set your heart to seek the Lord, I began to move. So you need to understand that when we line ourselves up with what God is saying and wanting to do on the earth right now, the power at your exposure is unbelievable. It releases heavenly forces. It releases the power from, of God in our lives to see that come to pass. There is obviously a personal will of God, but there is more importantly, no offense, His plan for what's going on right now. All right, let's move on. Are you guys okay? All right. All I had to do was say Trump and you all got upset. Okay. When you look at Daniel, you will see clearly that Daniel's entire mindset, his entire bent when he approaches God, he comes to him with sackcloth and ashes. He seeks God. He reminds God of his covenant promises. You know, let's just read real quick verse four. He says, and I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with, them, with, with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. So he's busy, he's busy confessing the trespasses of the people. The righteous one is busy. He's a righteous man. He's seeking the Lord. He has made a decision to seek God and even stand in the gap and repent on behalf of the nation of Israel. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, you all know the scripture so well. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. That's the will of God for our nation. That's the will of God. That's his words. That's his desire. He wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us. Some people say death to America, but I say, God, breathe life into America. Some people say God is finished with America, but I say God has only just begun with America. Lord, we will stand in the gap as your, as your people, as your bride. We will stand in the gap and we will speak life. We will prophesy life. We will speak that God is going to do great and mighty things in this nation again. The dollar will go around the nations again and raise up the, to preach the gospel all over the nations. The, the attitude, the heart that we should have when we come before God is, Lord, forgive us. We, we've messed up. Come on, America, we have messed up. We've done some things really wrong. Even in the church, we, we've done some things really bad. So God, what can we do except say, Father, forgive us for our iniquities. Forgive us for our transgressions. 
Lord, we confess them. We come before you. I taught you guys, if you want forgiveness, confess your sins. And he is true and faithful. He will forgive you. That's the God we serve. It's a guarantee. He said it. Pray according to his will and you will have it. It will be yours. You think it's not God's will to forgive you? It's his will. Now, I want to show you something real quick. The question has to be, what is it that God is wanting to do? I'm going to shake a little bit of theology this morning, this evening. (laughs) Okay. I want to show you something that I truly believe the church is missing in this hour. I truly believe that God wants each and every one of us to work hard, to do His will to seek His face, to live like we're going to be here all the way to the end, to raise our families, to be successful in ministry and in our jobs and in our community, to make a difference, to reach the lost, to to go after everything with all of our hearts. Can you all say amen? amen? But with that being said, there is something that we seem to miss that is in Scripture and so powerful. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, verse number 6. Don't worry, I won't be long. I'll be finished when I'm done. Second <laughs> Timothy 4, verse number 6. Paul says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. We know that this was written right before his execution. And he speaks about himself as being poured out as a drink offering. This is so powerful. His writing here is so powerful. And the time of my departure is at hand. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. Everybody stop and look at me for a moment. Paul is telling us that there is a crown of righteousness that he knows he's going to receive. And the reason why he knows this is because he's run his race and he's finished it well and the Lord has spoken to him and he knows what this, what this reward is. He's not telling us to boast about his own achievement. He's telling us because he wants to show us something so important that is for each and every one of us. He wants you to receive the same crown. He says, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, you see, here it comes, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What does that mean? All who have loved his appearing. How many of you believe the Lord is going to come again? Now watch this. How many of you believe you have a part to play in seeing that happen? So why are we doing nothing about it? The word they loved in the Greek is the word agapeo. And what it really means is it means to cherish, to take pleasure in, to love or to long for. So what he's saying is he says that this crown of righteousness will be given to those, to not only him, but to those also who have loved, who have longed for his appearing. 
It's so funny, in the prayer meeting the other day, I was praying, and I said, Lord, we want you to come, and it was crickets in the room. Because we're all so busy with our lives, and we love Jesus, but you know, Lord, don't come now, because I've got some stuff I need to do first, and I'm not, I don't want you to not do your stuff, but what's happened to us that we've lost that passion for His appearing? For his return. Oh man, I could stop and we could all shout right now, but it's just not the right time. So we see clearly in Scripture that we are called to love, to cherish, to long for, to take pleasure in the second coming or the appearing of the Lord. In other words, we should have a longing inside of us that Lord Jesus come again. Come again, Lord. Come and deliver us. Come and set us free. Take us to be with you. Listen, don't get mad at me. I'm not preaching, you know, escapism or anything like that. The reason why we long for Him is because we desire Him. Listen, you know, I I can encounter Him in my room, but I can't wait to stand face to face with the Messiah, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes, He's a healer and a deliverer, but who will deliver me from this body? Who will deliver me from this flesh? Who will deliver me from myself? The day will come when I will stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and He's gonna give me a new body. He's gonna give me a perfect body. My body's gonna be glorified, and I'm gonna be in heaven with Him. Oh, I'm gonna go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm gonna celebrate with Him. Oh, it's gonna be glorious. Let's go to Titus 2, verse number 11. Titus 2, verse 11. He says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Justification. That's what that is. Teaching us that denying ungodly world, ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. That's sanctification. That's not what I'm here to teach you this morning, this evening. Wow. Verse 13. Watch this now. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, you need to know that Jesus is God as well. And that you should have a, an anticipation, an excitement. You should be looking forward to the appearing of our God, he, he, he understood this. Paul understood this. That's why when it was time for him to go, there was no mourning. He even said in a different place, he said, you know, to, uh, to live is, is Christ, but to die is gain. Because I know where I'm going, but for your sake, I'll stay. What is that? That is great faith, guys. That is someone that truly loves the Lord. I don't want you to live just for eternity. I want you to live and do everything God has called you to do. I want you to to cherish every moment and enjoy the beauty of God's creation. I'm not for one minute trying to say that, oh, this place is horrible and just evil. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to tell you is that we we are foreigners in this place. There is, this is not our final destination. Again, in the book of Hebrews, let's go there. I just need you to see it in a couple of different places. Hebrews 9, 27. 
And that, as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. But we have to be a people that are eagerly awaiting the second coming of the Lord. Paul was not the only one who wrote about this. Let's go to 2 Peter 3, verse number 10. 2 Peter 3, verse 10. Now, it's interesting because we're gonna get to where I wanna go this evening right now. We're gonna start there. Peter begins to write about the second coming of the Lord. He talks about the day of the Lord. And look at what he says. He says, he says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Watch what he says. Looking for and hasting the coming of the day of God. He's looking for and hasting the coming day of the Lord. He couldn't wait. Because of which the heavens will be because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, according to his promise. Everybody say promise. Oh. It's a promise. What are you asking when you pray? What are you desiring when you ask? Has the, has the church lined itself up with God's desire? Lord, where, where are we, Lord? What do you say? We know the book from beginning to end. We know his thoughts. We know his intentions. Yes, he wants to save all of mankind. Yes, he loves all of mankind. But the Bible tells us that the day will come when he will return. And let me ask you a question. Is the church asking the right questions? Are we praying the right things? Are we saying, Lord Jesus, come again. Father, send your son again. Are we praying what he has promised? Or are we far too busy with our own stuff? If you don't say amen, you better say oh my. <laughs> He says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth in which rightness, righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward, everyone say looking forward to these things. Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Now, I want to show you something. When Jesus spoke about his return, he gave some indications. He gave some signs. But oftentimes we overlook what I truly believe is the greatest sign that he revealed to us. But let's go and have a look real quickly at Matthew 24, verse number three. Matthew 24, verse number three. Are you guys okay? Okay, you're looking good. Amen. 
Matthew 24, verse number 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Everybody, I want you to see that the question was asked, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? That's the question. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I, capital I, am the Christ. And will deceive many. Leave this verse up there. I've looked in almost all translations and almost all translations capitalize I and capitalize C, which suggests that more than likely there's a strong possibility that what he's saying is that many will come in my name and they will say to you that I am the Christ, that he is the Christ and they will deceive many. Yes, there will be people that will come and be antichrists, we know that. But also understand that not everybody that preaches that he is the Christ is going to not come to deceive. But that's not the sign yet. Watch what he says. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. What does it say? The end is not? So you're going to have wars. You're going to have rumors of wars. There will be antichrists and even people preaching that will be false. These things will happen, but the Bible says that the end is not yet. Oh, well, you know, this is the war. This is the final war. Yes, I understand that, but be careful because there's going to be lots of wars and lots of rumors of wars. And the Bible says, but the end is not yet. So that's good news. <laughs> For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, coronaviruses, earthquakes, and various, <laughs> in various places, and pestilences. All these are the beginning, everybody say beginning, beginning. of sorrows. And he goes on, okay? And the book of Luke ties into this where God where it's the same reference and very much the same language. Now, let's go to Matthew 24, verse number 35. I don't want to go through everything. There are many indications that he gives us. But then he says this, and we need to pay attention. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, Ooh, but my words will by no means pass away. In other words... You can take my words to the bank. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. So let no one deceive you. Are you guys with me? Now watch the next verse because this is so important. I want you to see what he has just said. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. That means what he's busy saying, you can be guaranteed that this is true. He says, but of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So let me ask you a question. Who can prophesy, who can declare to you that it's the end of the age? Jesus said, listen, you can be guaranteed my words are true. 
if there's one thing you can be assured of is that what I'm busy telling you, my words, they will not pass away. Which means it doesn't matter what doctrine or, 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 or proper lie or whatever it is that they do when they come. It doesn't matter what they say. They cannot know the day. They cannot know the hour. There is one thing I can guarantee you about the end of the age. I guarantee this to you. No one knows. No one knows. We can, we can sense the ceiling, we can, the season. We can, we can feel we're getting closer. But let me tell you something, that the early church also thought he was coming. They believed he was coming in their time. They believed it. So we too are supposed to always be anticipating his coming. And, the, and there's another thing I can guarantee you as well. He is coming again. Now watch this. Here comes what I truly believe is the greatest sign of the end of the age. He says, but as the days of Noah were. Watch this. Now why do I say this? Because look at what he says. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So he says all these things. It's not the end. This is going to happen. This is the beginning of sorrows. This is going to happen. These things are going to happen. Many will come in my name. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, all this stuff. Then he says, for as in the days before the... He said, I'm sorry. He says, but, but, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So we know. That the, that the sign that's a guarantee is that it will be as it was in the days of Noah. Ooh, this is, this is, this is, this is better than you, than you think. <laughs> he says, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So the question we have to ask is what was going on on the earth in Noah's time? I'm so glad you're asking so many questions. Let's go to Genesis 6, verse number 1. I didn't think I was going to get this far. Genesis 6, verse number 1. He says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, those who were the mighty men, who were of old, men renowned. Now, I don't have a theological 
I don't have time to theologically break all this down for you. But what I can almost guarantee you is when it speaks of the sons of God, it's not talking, it's not talking of the sons of Adam. It's talking about more than likely fallen angels. And these fallen angels, the sons of God, which they are referred to in Scripture multiple times, they were on the earth, they went into the daughters of men, and they were giants in the land, right? So in other words, there was strange flesh that the, the world had become corrupt. And in the days of Noah, when these things began to take place, when, when these things began to happen, and, and man went after strange flesh and entered into strange flesh, that's when God gets a little bit mad. Are you guys with me? Verse number five, then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. The word intent there, the word intent there means that, that man is made to shape. They are striving, they are forming. In other words, man's intent on the earth at that time had become so evil, so wicked that even flesh had entered into strange flesh. Men were with men and women were with women. All kinds of evils and atrocities, angels with men, all kinds of evil things, and God was not pleased. What's happening on the earth right now? Man is once again going after strange flesh. Okay? All right. But that's not what I came to tell you. The people of that time were trying to shape the culture. They were trying to shape man the way that God had not intended for man to be. Are you guys with me? Now watch. Verse number seven. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now watch, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. I want to go back real quick to Matthew Verse 37. It says there, it says, Matthew 24, verse 37. But as the day of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days before the flood... What was going on on the earth? They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. The Bible tells us that in the days of Noah, there were these people that were eating and drinking and giving in marriage and living life and that they'd become a people that were being fashioned into this, this image that God had not called us to be. So there were individuals that were doing their own thing. And then there was one man who was walking with God. 
the question is, are we going to be a generation that will just allow the world to continue in its fashioning and changing of our culture to the point where it even begins to infiltrate the church and we begin to walk as the world walks and when you look at us, we look just like the world. I'm not talking about you at Oceans. You guys glow in the dark. Amen? <laughs> not all of you. Amen. All right. Okay. <laughs> but then there was this man, Noah. And, and Noah walked with God. When, when the world was carrying on doing everything that they were doing, everybody looked at Noah and said, He's crazy. He's building an ark. We're carrying on doing our own stuff, living our life, and this guy is just doing the work of the Lord. There's something wrong with him. I truly believe that we're in a place right now where we are, we are heading towards this, the days of Noah. I'm not talking about angels and stuff. I'm talking about strange things happening on the earth where man is messing with, with God's DNA in us and he's messing with the way we were supposed to be and we, you know, we're giving in marriage the way we shouldn't be and all kinds of things that are not acceptable in his sight. It just is what it is. And at the same time, when we see this happening on the earth, there is a, a generation of Noah. There are a people on the earth that are saying, Lord, we will do your will. We will, we will do what you ask. We, we will go after you, even if they call us crazy, even if we don't fashion ourselves to, this, to the world, even if we don't participate and, and say that it's right and, and, and just call what's evil good. If we, we will not do that. There will be this generation that will be raised up in this hour. I don't know when the end is. I don't know the day or the hour, but I sense that it's coming. I don't know if it's 10 years or five years or 100 years. I don't know. But I know this, that I'm, gonna I'm, I'm making a decision to pray according to His will. Are we asking the right questions, church? Are we praying and asking God to come again? What does He want to do? His word is clear that He wants to save the world. Come on, somebody. He wants to save the lost. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to touch the untouched, love the unloved. Yes, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to every nation. I know that. I believe that with all of my heart. But has the church lost its desire to walk so with God that it doesn't matter if we have to go into an ark? Come on, somebody. Are we gonna begin to pray? Are we gonna begin to ask the Lord? Are we gonna begin to line ourselves up with Him and love Him so much that we even desire His return? Lord, I'll do your will. I'll do anything you tell me. I'll go to the ends of the earth. I'll come back. I'll go again, Lord, even though it really isn't what I want to do. I'll do it anyway. Lord, if you call something evil, I'm going to call it evil too. And Lord, while the world carries on marrying and giving in marriage and having children and living life and doing life, I'm going to do that. But let me say this, Lord, come again. I look for your return. Your word says that you're gonna come again and I'm gonna start praying that you will come again. 
I'm going to start ushering in what you have said in your word will come to pass. Just like they did in the early church. They believed he would return. They prayed for his return. They believed that he was coming again. But today we're so busy with life and living life that we've lost our desire to see him again. And I've come to tell you this evening that I truly believe that until the church lines itself up with the heart of God, do you think He loves watching you suffer? Do you think He enjoys seeing you go through things? Yes, we know we'll have tribulation. Yes, we know we'll suffer. We understand that. But His plan for you is to be with Him. And I'm so tired of the devil. Seriously, we give him way too much credit. I told you, you're far more your own enemy than the devil is. You've got to deal with you. That's hard. I know you. <laughs> but who is he that he thinks he can prevent the Lord from returning or, or delay it or whatever? Who is he that he would think that? Well, the, uh, the church must just not be hungry for him. The church must just not desire him. He won't come until we line ourselves up with what he says needs to happen. We don't even ask for him to come. In the prayer meeting, Lord, come again, Lord. Are you ready, church? Are you ready to be with Jesus? Whether it be today or when you die in your old age, are you looking forward to being with Him? Are we praying for Him to come again? Are we desiring, are we looking forward to His appearing? The way that the saints of old understood we were supposed to. The only way you can do that is if you truly, truly love Him. Because then His desire becomes your desire. Well, Pastor Alex, what about all the people on the earth? Listen, God's clock is perfect, guys. But just like Daniel had to take what God had spoken and begin to pray for it. So I truly believe the church is coming to an hour where we will become so passionate about His return that as we pray what has already been written in a twinkling of an eye, in a moment, He'll return. And I'm here to say to you this evening, don't be one of those that's just living life. That's just going through the motions. God has always looked for the ones that will build arcs. The ones that will take their staff and put it in the ocean and believe that when, he, when he's done it, something's gonna happen. The ones that believe that regardless of the giants on the other side, 
our God is able. God is looking for those who will, who will pick up a stone and speak to the giant and say, who are you? And not be like everybody else. And I truly believe that the church is gonna come to this place where we will be exactly what Jesus said the Father is seeking after. The true worshipers. Worship is not just a, a, a song, guys. Worship is a lifestyle. That's what, that's what Noah did when he built the ark. He was worshiping. He was honoring. He was walking with God. This is not the normal Holy Spirit Fire Conference message, I know. But I, I, mean, I felt like the Lord said to me, do they really desire me? Do they really want to see me? Are they willing to give up their plans to fulfill my plan? Are we gonna be the ones who receive the crown of righteousness? The greatest honor of getting a crown is that you'll be given the opportunity to cast it before him. Amen. Amen. So I need to get as many crowns as I can so that I can give them many back. But Oceans United Christian Center, Vero Beach, Florida, United States of America, the whole world, the church of Jesus Christ, are we willing to walk with him? like Moses did, like David did, like Paul did, like Peter did. Can you imagine Peter saying, listen, I'm not worthy to be killed the way Jesus was, crucify me upside down. That's, that's, that's loving God. If you think serving him is coming to church on Sundays, guys, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Let's not be those that were eating and drinking and marrying and living and stuff. We'll do that. But let's believe. Let's believe that He can do great and mighty things in our lives. Let's bow our heads. So, Father, this evening, what can we say, Lord, except we are so grateful that you have saved us? Lord, I pray that you will put your words, your plans, your intentions in our mouth. There is one thing we know for certain, and that is that you are coming again, Lord Jesus. So I pray this evening, God, that you will send your son. We anticipate with great excitement your return, Lord. Because like Paul said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So when you come, we are excited about that return. 
But Father, I pray that while we are here, let us be like Noah was. Let us do your will. Let us build the ark. Let us, let us fulfill our destiny. Let us fulfill our purpose. And let us walk with you, God. Let us not conform to this world, the things of this world, the strategies of the enemy that desire to conform us and transform us into something that is not what you desire. For your intentions for us, Lord, they are good. It's not a false prophecy. It's not a false word. Your thoughts towards us, they are amazing. Your plans for us, they are good plans. So I pray, Father, that, that we will not be like the lukewarm church that gets spat out of your mouth, but we will be a people, Father, that are f- full of your fire, full of hunger and thirst for your presence, that desire you, Father, whether you come today or tomorrow, but anticipate your return with all of our hearts, Lord Jesus. Father, we love you so much, and I'm so grateful that our names are written in the book of life and that you've saved us, but there is so much more. You are calling us to be separated. You are calling us to walk with you, God. So this evening in this place, Holy Spirit, I ask even now that you'll begin to work in our hearts. We might be standing at that, at that place where it's a really tough decision for us, and it's, it's a natural thing. Paul even said, and I preached it last week, that, 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 that the flesh, the, the nature of man is pulling so hard. But yet, Father, the things of the Spirit are so glorious, so wonderful. So I pray tonight, Father, that you would draw us to yourself and draw us to a deeper walk with you. Lord, let us be what the Father desires. Let us be true worshipers. Like Paul said, Father, at the end, that his life would be like a drink offering because he was a true worshiper. He lived worship in everyday life, God. Let this be the cry of our hearts that we would be true worshipers that would live for you regardless of the culture, regardless of of what the media says, regardless of what politicians say, Father, but rather let us follow your will, your word, your desire with all of our hearts. And Lord Jesus, come again. Come again, Lord. Come again, Lord Jesus. Come again, Lord. Come again. We anticipate it. We, we long for it. We, we long to see you. We long to be with you. It's our desire, Lord. And we love you so much. We're so grateful. We are so grateful to you, Father, in the mighty name that is above every single name. I want to ask you with, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've come here this, this evening and you say, Pastor Alex, my life is not where it should be. I, I can't say that I'm, I'm like Noah. I can't say that, that, I'm, that I'm not living the things of this world and my desire is, has been to serve the Lord and, and live for Him. If you say, Pastor Alex, I've, 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 I've lost my way. I used to serve God. But, I, but I, I'm not serving in the way that I should. I've, I've backslid and I've, I've lost my hunger. I've lost my zeal. If you say, Pastor Alex, that's me. I wanna pray for you. Quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up everywhere. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I need, I need, to, I need to run back to Jesus this evening. 
I need to come back to him this evening with my whole heart. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to include you in the prayer. God bless you. God bless you in the back. Thank you. God bless you. Far in the back, I see you. God bless you over there. Thank you. God bless you, young lady. I see you. If you've come here and you say, Pastor Alex, I am not serving the Lord. I, have, I need to give my heart to Him. I want to, I want to know tonight that, that my heart belongs to Him. I want to give my life to Him. I want the things of the Lord. I don't want the world. If that's you and you say, tonight I want to give my heart to Jesus, raise your hand and I'll include you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, young men. God bless you. Young men, God is about to change your life completely. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you over there. Thank you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me. Include me. God bless you, young lady. Thank you. If you've raised your hand, I want you to stand. Don't be afraid. Don't hesitate. Quickly stand up. Stand up. God bless you, guys. God bless you. God bless you. Come to the front quickly. Come, I want to pray for you. Come quickly. God bless you. Come quickly. Don't be afraid. Come. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Don't stay in your seat, guys. Come, come, come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. That's it. Keep coming. Father, we're so grateful. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Amen. If you're standing here in the front, I want to ask you to take this moment very seriously. It's, it's a holy moment, this, where we commit our hearts to Jesus, where we rededicate our lives. I remember as a young man, the first time I'd grown up in church and I thought I was a good Christian, and, I, and there was a day where I truly gave my heart to Jesus. And it was the, the moment my life changed completely. Let this be that moment for you. Man, the adventure with God is so awesome. It's not always easy, but it's awesome. <laughs> and he's so good and so faithful. So I want you to pray this, young man, with your whole heart this evening. Pray this with me. Say, Father, I come to you tonight. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He's the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in the book of life. I'm going to serve you now, Lord. I'm going to serve you with my whole heart. My life is yours. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, I pray that you fill them, that you touch them. Take their hearts, Lord, and give them a new one. Heal their hearts, Lord. Restore them tonight. And let them walk with you all the days of their life. Not only will they find you, 
they will find themselves who they were really called to be. So grateful. So grateful. Thank you, Lord. Bless this precious lady. Precious man. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. He is going to turn your mourning into dancing. And he's going to heal you and restore you. And he's, he's, he's touching you even now and he's breaking things off you. Uh, the enemy has tried to lie and he's accused you and he's come against you. And many people have spoken words that have hurt you and scarred your heart. But God is so good and so merciful and so full of love and compassion. And he's filling you this evening. In Jesus' name, Father, just touch this precious young man. Never the same. Never the same. God has begun such a powerful work in you, sir. He really has. And you will never be the same again. This is your turning point. Turning point. Turning point. Bless her, Lord. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, if you look over there, there's Pastor Alex Davidson over there. If I can ask you, just go with him. There's someone behind you that wants to pray with you, and we want to bless you. Just follow him out. Go, go. Don't be afraid. Go. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Praise God. Bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come. Yeah. Just wait here, young lady. Do you have a word for her? <laughs> What's your name? Elise. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace and your mercy. And Elise, I just saw the Lord walk up and he took you by the hand and I just felt like he spun you around and he just asked this question, can I have another dance? And I just felt like it was almost like the enemies tried to come and it's like he's berated you with these lies and it's almost like you've disqualified yourself from ministry, from the calling on your life. Uh, but I'm just here to tell you and the Lord wants you to know that you're not disqualified. That I, I, even, I, even, felt like, I even felt like this, Elise, like I saw... I felt like you've almost asked yourself, like, am I, have I gone too far? Like, am I just, and the fact that you're weeping, the fact that you come up, the fact that you turn and you say, I want to live for Jesus shows your heart. Because there's a time in your life where we do whatever we want, we just don't care. But true repentance, it shows that our heart has been changed. Father, I thank you for the new dance. And Lord, I thank you that I even saw like it was like a, a little girl with her father. And it was like your feet were on the feet of, of God. And it was like you were just becoming in lockstep with the Lord. Father, I thank you right now. Lord, in Jesus' name. God, yes, we want the baptism of fire. But Lord, I'm asking tonight with the baptism of the love of God come. Father, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, God. Would your love come right now? And I bind every voice that's not yours. Lord, I thank you. 
that just like all of us, we all fall short of the glory of the Lord. But God, you saved us. And you've given us a clean heart and pure hands. And so, Father, we just ask, God, take her life never the same, never the same today in Jesus' name. just can we just can we can we sing that song never the same let's just let's just sing this song for just a moment is that okay guys yes. amen God. Father, I pray this evening for every person under the sound of my voice, whether in this building or watching online. And Father, I pray this evening that you would touch them. For the enemy is an accuser who stands before you day and night accusing and, and, and speaking all kinds of evil against us. But the blood of Jesus is against you. And I thank you, Father, for from the throne of grace flows that blood 
that blood that cleanses, that blood that heals, that blood that sets free. And I pray, Father, that that healing power that flows from heaven would touch each and every person this evening in this place. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would begin to move, that you would begin to flood people with your love, that your love would encounter them even where they are right now in their seats. Holy Spirit, I ask right now, right now, Lord. If you've come here this evening and you say, Pastor Alex, I I I want to go all in, but it's like there's always something holding me back. Like like I'm serving God and I'm 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 doing all the stuff, but there's just there's always feels like there's something holding me back. Something that gets in the way. If that's you, I want you to come to the front quickly. Don't be afraid. Come quickly. You feel like there's just something holding you back. Come quickly, come quickly. Amen. 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 Just stretch your hands out towards them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. pray for each and every one of you. We're going we're gonna to minister to you, but I want to first just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against the accuser first, and every accusation, everything that he has tried to establish, even in their minds, God, I break it down right now. I cancel it, none and void. And Father, I pray that only your voice would be the voice that they hear. For no weapon formed against them will be able to prosper. No plan, no strategy of Satan will achieve that that it has been sent out to do. For your word is the word that we choose. Your ways is what we choose. I pray this now over every person. I come against every spirit that is trying to hold you back. Every force of darkness that has tried to bring a hindrance, a stumbling block, something that has caused you to not be able to enter into the things, the deeper things, the more things that God has for you. And I cancel it now in Jesus' name. Every stronghold I I tear down now in Jesus' name. Every force of darkness is broken now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it, Father. I ask you, Lord, that you will just flood them. Flood them, Lord. For, 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 for no one comes to you unless you draw them. And Lord, even the fact that they are standing here this evening shows that you are drawing them. So I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you touch them this evening with fresh love, with a fresh love, with a fresh encounter right now. In Jesus' name, just touch it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
If you've been ministered to, if we can ask you to go back to your seat. Thank you guys so much. We just want to make sure we get to everybody. Amen. You guys in the back there, stretch your hands out. Amen. Begin to pray with us. Amen. Come on, stretch your hands out. Pray. You can sit. You can stand. You can lie. You can do whatever. Just, just, just pray with us. Come on, let's pray together. Let's, let's ask the Lord to touch these precious people. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Set them free, Lord. Set them free. In Jesus.
Come on. Sing it tonight. You are worthy of it all. Isn't he worthy? For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory.
Well, guys, this is the first night. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap for everything He's done this evening? Amen. Come on, let's just, let's just say thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we love you. We don't take for granted when you come. We're so grateful, Lord. Lord, let every life that has been ministered to tonight, whether prayed for or not, let, let their lives be changed forever. Let them receive your love. Let them receive your mercy and the plans you have for them. We honor you and we love you. We're so grateful, Lord. Bring us back tomorrow, Father, as we go even deeper and further with you. We love you, God, with all of our hearts, with all of our souls with all of our strength, in the mighty name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you so much. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., we'll see you. Have a good sleep. We'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.